Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the Sportscast podcast. Today we'll be looking at the fifth test from the Ashes, the Belgian Grand Prix. Probably the fight of the year in boxing. A little bit of a roundup of the football and a look forward to the Rugby World Cup with the Summer Series starting this weekend. So jumping straight into the Formula One, this week from Spa in Belgium, very, 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 very wet weekend. The irony is this year's was sponsored by MSC Cruisers, so the trophy was a boat. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sorry, obviously geographically located in Northern Europe or more northern like Greece and, and obviously Spain and, and they've been having record uh, record temperatures. Um, we've had a pretty rubbish summer in the UK. Um, but equally, they've obviously had an equally uh, rubbish summer in Belgium. Torrential rain for practice, um, on and off for the race qualifying, sprint qualifying was delayed, therefore the sprint was delayed. Um, the weather was a big factor all weekend, except in the actual race. I think there's a little bit of there's a little bit of dubious in regards to was wasn't there coming around, sort of lap eighteen, lap, lap yeah. twenty, but uh, which it did all for yeah, for, I think five four, minutes, four or five spitting. minutes. Yeah, yeah. They, they said it was going to be heavy for ten minutes. I think it was spitting for four or five. Yeah, um, none of the teams went on to um, inters, uh, which would have mixed it up a little bit. I think there was some questionable strategy calls had, had the rain yeah. come really really heavy couple went early on softs didn't they mm. Stroll went and uh, Lando went Russell like went, literally yeah. as it started to rain Lando went to softs and I was thinking oh great this, uh, sorry slicks uh, another set of slicks uh, no it wasn't the best decision making process but it luckily it paid off for yeah. Um let's rewind slightly talk about the sprint I really enjoyed the sprint. I thought it was... Uh, I don't think... Even though I enjoyed the sprint, I enjoy all sprints. I just thought it was the wrong track for a sprint. I, I, I don't know. I quite liked it on there. Because Spa's always given... You know, it gives a lot of overtaking. It's it's long. It's long straights. But that's, that's my... So a sprint is supposed to be fast and high intensity. And a seven-kilometre track with a two-minute... Just on two-minute lap time I, 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 I don't know I don't know if it plays into the intensity sprint format long straights though the, the on the throttle for so long I think for me is what, what gives it that sheer pace it, yeah. it's predominantly a good overtaking track saw it in the race more probably but weather conditions maybe played a bit of a factor on the, on the sprint yeah but I, I enjoyed it Yeah, I always I always do at Spa it's one of my favourite races yeah. on, on my calendar mm. uh, happy with the result it was a it was a mixed podium. The oh, the the sprint yes yeah, sorry, the sprint. very um, 
Piastri, sorry, well, obviously Verstappen on the top step. Well, um, bypass that for Piastri on the second step and Gasly on 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 third position. I've got a bit of a soft spot for Gasly. I do like him as a yeah, as a, as a racer and as a person as well. So to to get there in that car as well at the minute was yeah was phenomenal. Um, jubilation on Saturday for Piastri turned into bitter disappointment on Sunday. Um. First corner, um, really, really unfortunate. Signs uh, on the outside of the corner, Piestri in the inside of the corner, locked up, took a bit of avoiding action, so we didn't go into Hamilton. Just, and just want forced. to, just probably want to clarify. I thought Signs was on the inside of the corner, and Piastri was on the inside inside of the corner. I thought okay, Signs, yeah, no. really, really shut that off, and I was surprised it went down as a first lap race incident with yes. how much he cut that off for him. I agree. I think there's a little bit of conversation, especially around Hamilton's penalty from Saturday, around the a penalty or a, or a, a punishment should be as a result of the incident and not as a result of the consequence. And I think because Perez, because Perez in the sprint retired, like had really, really... Like a massive hole, yeah. and then he retired. Hamilton was given the penalty because Signs caused the issue and therefore dropped right, right back to the very back of the grid. That's essentially his penalty. Whereas I still think yeah. that he should be given a penalty. Um, yeah. Drivers, when they are given penalties as well, they get points on their super license. Um, so I, I, maybe I, that's where yeah. Signs should have got. He shouldn't have maybe got anything in the race because it'd have been null void. Yeah, but points on his yeah. But really disappointing for Piastri because he's in a very, very quick car at the moment. Probably the second fastest on the grid. Yeah. Um, and um, unfortunately, it was a terminal incident and he retired halfway around lap one. Um, so disappointing for him. Not disappointing for Max. Again, eight races in a row. I think that is equal... Of a record, his record. record. Is it his record? His record, yeah, his record yeah. now. Uh, Red Bull twelve in a row. Now, Perez going into the summer break on a high. I thought he had a good race. Max got driver of the day, um, sixth to first. I mean, did you see it in qualifying when Perez was getting held up towards the end of the chicanes and? Everyone was stacking back and he was on a fast lap. And he just went through like six, middle of six cars and they all yeah. sort of side. That's how it is with Max at the minute. You, you, that's how it looks. He shouldn't, I don't think he should have got driver of the day from sixth to first when Piastri dropped back, Sainz dropped back because of the incident. Yeah. You, he kind of was net fourth before he did anything. Um, but Perez has, has done what he needed to do today. That was his task. Come second, and you probably kept yourself in the yeah, seat. Yeah, yeah. There are there the are break. the summer break is a very long time, and it's 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 an opportunity for conversations to be had over beers, and that's when wheels start to turn and and and, and things get put into motion. And actually, that's probably the downfall of the start of Danny Rick's downfall at McLaren. Yeah, yeah. Just one quick stat, disappointing stat, before we move on to the cricket. Um, Leclerc has now 
failed to win from pole nine times in a row. And, I mean, that um, start of last season when he had, and the season before, he had quite a few to start with yeah. and didn't convert. I think it's the, I don't think it's Leclerc. I think it's the Ferrari race pace. They don't seem to have No, it. yeah. The, seem, whereas the Red Bull race be, pace is crazy. They seem to be qualifying sort of, I know he started on pole, he qualified second though. They yeah. seem to be qualifying second to fifth, but they're always finishing fifth to eighth. Yeah. They, they don't seem to have that race pace. Mm. Have you caught any of the... I know you've been a busy man this weekend. Have you caught any of the cricket? Mm, only snippets on TikTok. <laughs> Originally, started off very, very well. Um, Brooke hit an 85 in the first innings, route 91 in the second. Today is day four. So we're not going to have an outcome on the podcast, but it left Australia this morning chasing 384, which is a record at the Oval, over 100 runs. So I think the, the record's about 268 from 1902 or something daft like that. So, so it's a big ask, but they have closed the day, Australia. So rain's taken a lot out of them. Yeah. But they have finished today on 135 for nothing. So their batters are doing what they need to come in and do to ensure that they can either bat this test out and for a draw or potentially win this. You know, they need, a hundred, they need 250. They've still got 10 wickets in hand. I can probably see... The, the, the pitch isn't moving much. Bit of cloud cover. The ball's not swinging. I can see, I can see it probably being batted out for a draw, if I'm completely honest. Yeah. The, Which there's no pressure on Australia anyway. They're playing for fun and glory now. I suppose. I think if I was Australia, I would play for the draw, so we win the series two one. If if England win, it's two all draw series. They retain the Ashes. Yeah, I'd want to win yeah. the series, albeit by a draw. But Australia don't care how they win. Yeah. The biggest news out of the weekend was. The retirement of Stuart Broad. He announced yesterday after the third day that he's going to retire straight after this series. That's it. That's him done. Done. Bang. And a little bit gutted. I mean, he's, he's, he's a couple of years older than me. I've, I've watched him throughout my cricket time. And, you know, the guy has been... He, he could have very easily have been the, the, the greatest bowler of this era in English cricket. But England have had Jimmy Anderson, so... It's a kind of like the the Djokovic's and Federer. You've got two of the best bowlers potentially of in the last 30, 40 years of, yeah. of England cricket at the same time. It's been fantastic. I don't think there's... I mean, Woods is good, Wokes is good, but they're not going to achieve the kind of things that, that Broad... I mean, Broad has... He's had 200... Uh, he's had 600 test wickets, 178 in ODIs, First class wickets, so all of his things combined, it's 948 wickets. I think, I mean, Anderson's hit hit more. You'd probably be looking at maybe Brett Lee and uh, Shane Warne. There's not going to be many bowlers with much more wickets than that. Yesterday, on the third day of the test, so uh, it would have been when Australia was in to bat 
last time, on the first innings, he went over to the wickets and he swapped the bales over. And what it is, there's an Australian myth. The Aussies do it all the time because they believe it brings bad luck. And the batsman sort of says, what are you doing? And he goes, you know what I'm doing. Bowled it, edged it, caught, first ball. <laughs> <laughs> and I think if that's not the way to leave, I mean, Broad is brilliant with his sledging and, and with that happen with Carey and stuff and, and, and his antics with pretending to play in the... Uh, in the crease when uh, Bairstow got thrown out. I mean, I, I love the character. He's not just a good bowler. He's a character probably to have around that dressing room as well. So, a bit gutted he's going. Last night was probably the biggest fight that we'll see this year, inclusive of the heavyweights. For the boxing world, it's not the big names, but Terence Crawford and Errol Spence Jr. So, I'm a massive We've always been a massive Kel Brook fan here. And he sort of, towards the end of his career, took the big fights. He, you know, he took on Triple G, fractured his skull, took on Spence, which probably, Kel Brook was a fantastic world-class fighter. But you're dealing with Errol Spence, who at the minute, him and Crawford are arguably pound for pound, the greatest fighters in the world at the minute. Crawford, though, came out a different gravy. Put Spence down three times. And in the in the ninth round, the referee called it. It was a, to be fair, quite a big left hook that uh, snapped his neck back. Crawford's now the first man in history to be a two weight undisputed champion. Undisputed champion means so in boxing. I know you're not huge on your boxing. You've got IBF, WBO, yeah, WBA, yeah, yeah. WBC, all the belt, the different belts. With so there's there's different like classes within that weight division. He has held every belt in, two, in different. two different weight classes. The first man to ever do that. And last night was his 18th championship bout in a row. So he's he's had the titles now for 19 fights, effectively. And now I think that cemented he is probably, pound for pound, the best fighter in the world. Hmm. Spence losing for the first time in, 20, well, 29 pro fights. Yeah, Spence's been fantastic and what I like about both of them is neither of them have dodged boxers they've both fought people I mean don't get me wrong um, Crawford's 35 Spence I think it's 32 33 um, they're both quite senior but they've, they've they're not when when Mayweather, when Mayweather fought Pacquiao they were senior coming down on their careers these are two guys that were world champions at the time and you know, both just fantastic fighters. So they've, they've, ta they've taken the big fights, which is what I like to see. What next? Probably a rematch because whoever they fight next isn't going to be of the same calibre. So mm. I'd like to see a, a rematch somewhere else. And uh, what was funny was Crawford um, had asked Eminem last week to walk him out to the ring and... No one sort of, it was on Twitter, he like said on Twitter, or X as it's now called. X. And he, uh, Eminem introduced him and then walked him out, which I thought was quite, you normally get the lower sort of state status rappers and things like that, but Eminem actually, actually did, which I thought was quite cool. Football. Yes. Do you want to talk about Kylian Mbappe? He has turned down some serious money. Serious money. It, it, it is 
How old is he? He's not old. He's 23, 24. 24. So I watched that early and it was him and Armory at the age of 24. Something like... Um, it was something like 500 games. But yeah. uh, Kylian Mbappe had played like 20 more. Armory had scored 124 goals and, and Mbappe was on like 259. Yeah. Incredible. Um, Incredible. Yes, he's turned down some serious money. He, like ridiculous money. It's nineteen pound a minute or something like that, or nineteen pound a second. That I can't. Second, remember. it has is to be. It, it was thirteen million a week. Wow. So nineteen pound a second. Um, so while we've been talking, he's earned more than I will all year. Yeah. Um, but the question you've got to ask yourself is why? Probably because he is so young. Think of who's gone. Big names at the moment, so obviously Ronaldo and uh, Jordan Henderson this week, is it? Yeah, he's gone. gone on a hundred grand a day, seven hundred thousand pound a week. What a great deal! For Th- him. 33, 34. I'm a bit un- uneasy on this one. He was a big advocate for the Liverpool area around LGBTQ, very inclusive, and then to go, to go there. Yeah, Liverpool have openly said we wanted to keep him, so there was probably a bit of greed there yeah but I mean yeah Henderson's gone Mares has gone from from Man City he's he's top side of 30 Mane after leaving Liverpool for Bayern Munich pretty unimpressive season with Bayern he's now in talks I think Mbappe's motivation he wants to play for Real Madrid so I don't know how much you know he's got a year left on his PSG contract either they sell him and, and he goes, or they just bench him for the year. They don't have to play him. Okay. And what that can do to someone is, is quite damaging. So, <clears throat> one of the talks is that he'll go to Liverpool on loan for the season. Liverpool will pay a chunk of money for that. And then next year, end of contract, he'll go to Real Madrid. I think, a little bit like the Messi situation, I mean, he's still going to get telephone numbers kind of money. I think Mbappe knows that he will, when he's 30, probably be able to get double the money because of inflation and everything yeah, yeah. else around that league. Mm-hmm. So I think he knows that either way, he's set for life. Yeah, I did read, if he's still at PSG on August 1st, he gets a £60 million loyalty bonus. Amazing. So I think that's probably in the back of his head that he doesn't need to go just yet. Clearly, clearly loyal, like his own loyalty and his own kind of career ambitions. Um is he? It, you've got you've got some really, truly exceptional, outstanding players. Him being one of them, um, Haaland has has done unbelievable things in this Premier League season just gone. Yeah. We're seeing the next generation now. We've 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 had Ronaldo and we've had Messi, and they're still playing, but they're nowhere near the peak of what they used to be. And we talk when we're talking Ballon d'Or, you've got two or three or or maximum. Well, two or three, really, maximum, that you could put put your name on as as up for the Ballon d'Or. And these guys don't just, clearly don't just want to sell themselves to... The Saudi project. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which seems to be ramping up extremely quickly. It only seems like two weeks ago, three weeks ago, we were talking about serious money and, 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 this, and, and then all of a sudden, killing them away. Doesn't want it. Yeah, I mean that. I mean that is a ridiculous amount of money. Saint Maximum's left Newcastle. Um, who they? It's a bit iffy. He's gone from Newcastle, who's a Saudi state-owned 
<laughs> team to the Saudi league that's the same state-owned league to to, to that. So that probably um, just shows you the state of living in Newcastle. No comment. <laughs> Not a fan. Um, Harry Kane is still at Tottenham. Surprisingly. Still at Tottenham. Yeah, I was talking with Tom, who is back next week on the return of the EFL season. Um, him being a Spurs fan, he thinks that Tuesday it will be the big one of Kane probably signing for Bayern Munich. So I think that's a silverware choice, not a money choice. Yeah. But yeah, he thinks that's pretty much going to be the case. Yeah. But And I saw another thing as well. So Spurs, they go out and get another striker. You, they need a top world-class striker, 80 million. You pay him 150 grand a week for four, four or five years, that's going to cost you 122 million total. You could offer Kane 400 grand a week for the same period of time, and it'll cost you 104 million. What do you do? Like, I know, I know there's a net spend there, you know, from, from the money you sell, but is it is it not worth keeping arguably the Premier League's greatest striker? Yeah. That's that that's sometimes the ambition of Daniel Levy. He sees the pound signs, sees it as a business and not as what it, you know, understand that in three years' time you're not gonna have your thirty goal a season striker and you're not gonna finish in the top four and you're not gonna get the Champions League money. Yeah. Last night, night before, saw Wrexham. They're over in America, obviously. Mm-hmm. They've got a couple of you know, a couple of owners that you might have heard of. Um <laughs> They played a Philadelphia Union, like a second team. They kicked off at 7pm. The game finished just after 11pm. took over four hours to complete the game. Why? It was extreme heat in the first half. Extreme heat, so the game had to keep stopping. Then at half-time, what happens in America when it gets extreme heat? Massive storm. Thunder and lightning lightning all around the stadium, around the pitch and things like that. Horrendous rain, had to wait for it all to be wow. thinged away. So they obviously couldn't go out with, with, with the lightning and, and the pitch and things, but um, took four hours. You'd probably, over here, I think, seen the game get called. But um, no, they just they just went back out and, and finished the second half off. Fair enough. Four hours to complete a game. Do you know who won? I, I believe it's uh, draw... I think it was one all. Okay. Well done on that one. Uh, yeah, I think it was a draw. If not, Wrexham won one nil. Uh, it was a low scoring affair. Not like when they played. Who did they play a few weeks ago? It was like the retired guys played uh, the one of USA the women's, women's yeah. uh, in a seven aside, and they won thirteen nil. It did it finish one all. Yes. Okay. Philadelphia Union. Got to two. Got to get me up early if you're going to catch me out in a little quiz. <laughs> Yes, uh, so Women's World Cup. Um, couple are we're, we're well into it now. Um, yeah, I the think last there's, there's been the end of the group games, I think, today for a couple of groups. Hasn't yes, there? last 16, uh, first two teams through to the last 16 are um, Switzerland and Norway. Uh, we've got the final group game for C and D tomorrow and then ENF the following day. Um, Colombia, stun 
stun is probably the correct word, Germany, especially because they beat, I think it was Morocco 6-0 in the yeah. first leg. Yeah. Uh, 2-1 to Colombia. Um, Quite a late winner as well. Yeah. 94th minute or something like that. England versus Denmark. Uh, England win 1-0. Uh, USA versus Netherlands, that was a draw. Now, this is really interesting. So, on the 1st of August, 8am UK time, unfortunately, so probably most of us will be working. Um, if Portugal win that game, the USA, which came into the tournament as favourites, will be out. Portugal currently sit on three points, USA currently sit on four points, so it will potentially go down to goal difference if those two do draw. Um, sorry, no. no. No, no, it wouldn't. So USA would get a point. Sorry, no. So uh, if 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 Portugal win, USA are out. And that is, and is that the game USA v Portugal? USA v Portugal. No, or nothing. All or nothing. Um, and I, the other the other game is uh, the second in the group versus the fourth in the group. So the second in the group, I can't remember who that is. They they're through. Um, but yeah, big game. The. Women's World Cup hasn't really been super high scoring. I know last time the Women's World Cup came round, it was like 13, 14, 15 I think, nil. I think, I think USA beat, it was like uh, Peru or something like that, 13 nil in a game. Yeah. Um, but no, we, we've had a couple of 6 nils, um, but we've had uh, some some consistently high scoring teams and, and teams con uh, consistently conceding. Quick quiz for you. So. Coincidentally, these two are in the same group, if you know your groups. The highest goal difference, i.e. who's conceded... Basically who scored goals. the most. Yeah. So the highest positive. Yeah, yeah high, highest positive goal difference and highest or lowest Generally, negative. Generally, you'd say, you'd say Brazil. I know USA haven't been with, with how they've started. I think they won 1-0 and drew one all. So it's got to be Brazil... Or like Sweden, maybe? No, Spain. 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 They are plus eight, which isn't overly. I mean, you'd see 13 nil, you'd be 13 nil up, yeah. obviously. Uh, they, um, the opposite, sorry, the opposite end of the scale would be. Is it Morocco then? Close. You think along the right lines, Africa. I'll be honest, I didn't even realise this team was in the tournament. Zambia, or Zambia. Yeah, I did see. Yes. I did see. Yeah, mm -hmm. I did see Zambia was in it. Uh, they are currently minus ten. Oh, so yeah, in two games. In two games. Yeah, they need to do something about that. Tough, but I suppose when you when you look at like like England played, um, was it Haiti in their first yes. game? Yeah, the only I think one 0 wasn't it? Yeah, it was a tough game, and they said before. To be fair, this could be a tough game. A lot of the Haitian. Haitians? Haitians? I don't know. Sorry, Wycliffe. Um, they they play in the French League, so they do play yeah. at a good level. Mm -hmm. So just because the, the nation isn't predominantly known for that, <laughs> like they still <laughs> they still uh, you know they still have uh, have have players that play in in, in high leagues. This weekend saw the return of the. Well, the, not the return, but the start of the summer series, ready for the Rugby World Cup on the 8th of September. Probably, for me, going into my favourite time of the year. Although they are trialling a new... So in rugby, rugby's always been... You've got your VAR in football, but let's be fair, it's pretty poor. Rugby's TMO, which is third match official, 
television match official, has always been incredibly good. Mm. But what they're doing this year is they're trialling a new system. So rugby's had a few rule changes around tackle height and things like that to protect the players more around the head, head-on-head contacts, and now predominantly a stray red card. But they're now changing the tackle height to be sort of chest below the chest kind of thing, which is going to be difficult, but it's the same rules for both teams, so they both have to get on board. They're trying the thing called a bunker TMO. So if there's something that on first and second look, they can't make a decision. Rugby's always had sim bins, 10 minutes, yellow card, yeah, off you go. And what they'll then do, they'll have a, a TMO looking at that, and by the eighth minute, will tell the referee, no, that is a red, actually. So if you're not sure if it's yellow or red, you give them a yellow, get on with the game. And whilst they get on with the game, another referee will take a closer look and decide if that is a red or not. So you could get a yellow, and whilst you're sat in the sim bin, get a red. Instead of waiting for it to be, instead of, you know, playback. Yeah, yeah. I suppose it improves the flow. And it yeah, in the... with VAR, we've seen it where we have to wait four or five minutes for a decision to be made. In this, they're going to they're gonna look... Is that a yellow? Is that a red? Do you know what? It's a yellow, and, we'll, and the, someone else will come back to it. There's a couple of sports that have done that in the past that try and increase the not sort not of like this flow of the though. game. Yeah, not no, not so much like this. But no, but I mean just generally to speed rather than stop, start, stop, start. We, we pause like no play. People switch off, so people get bored. Yeah, unless you're watching your team, you flick over. You, there's thousands yeah. of sports channels. Um, but yeah, just to increase the flow. Of it. Generally, been pretty good at it, but. I think this will help with a lot of decisions and, and help just get rid and, and not look at too much in depth. Scotland beat Italy yesterday, 25-13. Not really much to look into that just due to... Um, it's, it's the friendlies, effectively. They're just friendlies going into the World Cup for fitness. There's a rugby championship, which is a bit of a Southern Hemisphere thing, a little bit like our Six Nations, but not, not to the esteemed level of, of the Six Nations. They don't all go for it. South Africa beat Argentina in the third place playoff and New Zealand trounced Australia 38-7. Next weekend is the well, most of the team's sort of season, series starts. The big one is a, is a friendly, is Wales-England. We've got two games. I don't understand why we've done it because... There's no such thing in rugby as a friendly between Wales and England. <laughs> We're going to you you would you, you leave everything on you know on the pitch and unfortunately we're already battling with like Toby Fartal's fitness. I don't think he's gonna be fit for the game, but should be for the World Cup. I think we will lose a couple of players to these friendlies. Yeah. Where actually think bigger picture when we do come into the World Cup, when we yeah. do come into like large, large tournaments, series, you you want them players, yeah. and, and I just can't, I just can't see us putting out. We'll put out a couple of fringe players, but well, we'll who, not. Who's organised it? Is it just the the? It's just, it's just yeah, they are, yeah, they they are a few tend to do them. It's quite a common thing. This and monetization. No, it, they or? just don't like to. The World Cup's in France. You don't want to be flying to Australia to play Australia. You don't want to be flying to New Zealand. And alternatively, you probably don't want New Zealand being over here for the next six weeks, seven weeks prior to the World Cup you want to be getting the rugby and getting over and then acclimatising so you just we just play the local teams if you like so Scotland play France Ireland play Italy New Zealand Aussie Australia uh, Argentina South Africa again so yeah. they're, they're the Southern Hemisphere teams are sort of playing each other and we're playing each other up here kind of thing so 
We'll um, still a bit of a trek from from South Africa to uh, Australia. Yes, and and the fact that Argentina are over there as well. Um, yeah, that's literally that must be twelve twelve hours apart and twelve hours apart. Yes, but they'll all <laughs> be in a little hub. But rather than everyone be over here, I guess they can't or us being over there. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's and there's no point us being over there because we've got to come back to France. Mm. So, um, but we'll have the rugby world cup pre-event special before the world cup and it will be after the efl and the prem yes under the formula one yes break. i will be doing a formula one special too i'll be doing the efl and the premier league so lots of specials so what we've got the rugby special formula mm. one special efl, EFL premier league, league. <laughs> Thanks for joining us this week on the Sportscast podcast. Again, you can get us on our social, on Instagram and Twitter, at SportscastPodUK. Over the next couple of weeks, we will have some pre-event specials building up to the start of the EFL and the Premier League. So keep an eye on our socials, ready for those coming out. I've been Liam. I've been Jordan. Thank you very much.